Welcome to the Spiritual Sanctuary, where you come together every Sunday as a community to share spiritual teachings as both students and teachers of everything related to God, divinity, ascension, 5D consciousness, and the law of attraction. My name is Lisa Dovgish. I'm a manifestation mindset coach. My name is Laura Gray. I'm an intuitive healer, life coach, and spiritual mentor. And let's start this episode out by sinking our breathing to create divine alignment. So wherever you are in the world, I ask that you close your eyes for just a moment and take three deep breaths with us on three, two, one. Inhale and exhale. Inhale. And exhale. One last time. Inhale. And exhale. Perfect. It is a beautiful day out here in St. Charles. The sun's shining. I have my window open. I feel very calm after those breaths just now. How are you doing today, Lisa? I'm doing beautiful. It's also wonderful outside today. And I'm ready to get into our topic. I know. We started, usually we plan our topics ahead of time. And today, right before we started recording, Lisa was like, I have an idea for this topic. She started talking about it. She was so passionate. And I was like, cut her off. I was like, stop talking about this. Like, we got to record this. Like, I have a lot of thoughts on this. So we've been waiting. We've been waiting to start talking about this. So Lisa, do you want to introduce our topic for today? Yes. So I'm not sure exactly how to frame it in the in a pretty way with the bow on top but essentially the idea for the topic is this idea that gets taken to an extreme in our community where we feel like we need to protect ourselves energetically from other people and when this is taken to an extreme it results in this action of feeling like you don't need other people and and really avoiding the inner work that needs to happen, avoiding the work that needs to happen in healing your relationships and in leading by example, really, and making that impact that we as light workers are here to do. That's our mission. That's part of our mission as light workers. So that's the concept for the for the topic is basically just where is the line between protecting your energy and just removing yourself yeah and self-sabotage exactly okay well just thinking about this topic one of the first things that comes to mind for me is this idea of there being an other self of you being separate from everybody so obviously there's 12 universal laws and like Ra talks about this is one of his main teachings the law of one this idea that we are all connected and we are all one And so we kind of live in this illusion of separation, like feeling like we are a separate self from everybody else, that we're separate from God, that we're separate from Mother Earth, we're separate from the universe. We've forgotten that we're really all piece of the same consciousness and we are... We are essentially life living itself, right? We we are everything happening all at once. And so when you look at somebody and you look at them and judge them or judge their energy as being bad or as being negative, not only are you kind of, you're not practicing this, this consciousness, this 5D consciousness that we want to be practicing, this all loving and forgiving, compassionate, because in that consciousness, you don't judge, right? There's no differentiation between good or bad. There just is, and everything is love and you meet everything with that love. And so in the, at the moment that you see something or you see somebody and you judge them as bad and you feel like you need to protect yourself from them, you are, first of all, you're seeing yourself as separate, which is you feeding into the illusion. And so you're essentially saying that you have to somehow protect yourself from yourself, right? Because if that person's you, you're like saying, oh, I have to protect myself from myself, which is totally ridiculous. And then, and this whole illusion is ridiculous, right? Like everything about it is crazy, but also not to us because we're having the human experience. So if you don't, if you're listening to this and going, what is she talking about? That sounds crazy. Like I am my separate self, you know, meet me where you are. Okay. So don't feel bad if that's not the state of consciousness you're in yet. I'm not in the state of consciousness yet. I also tend to see myself as separate. Like this is like, (laughs) we're talking Jesus level thinking here, guys. Like (laughs) this isn't like we're all just walking around here just like, oh, like I am this tree. I am this water. Like there's moments, right? There's moments where I felt that way, but that's definitely not 24 seven. 
But um, the other thing I want to touch on with that is that when you put yourself in that mindset, you're also feeding into the illusion that somebody else could hurt you, which that's Mm -hmm. a total illusion. I felt this come up so much this past week with people being scared of, and I think part of it is like being scared of the vaccine, being scared of other people controlling them. And I think it's just mm-hmm. like, you're really like subscribing to the, the human body. Almost you're believing that you're, yeah. you're the flesh. You're not the spirit. You're believing yes. that it's even possible for somebody to hurt you at all. Like right. that, that in itself is the illusion. Right. And like, like I said, it's not like we're all beyond that. That's a really a huge process to get there. But even exactly. if you think about um, Jesus literally rising from the dead, like, he, he literally killed him and he rose from the dead because his spirit mm-hmm. was stronger than his body. His body did not, could not kill him. He wasn't, mm-hmm. that the, like, nobody, nobody had that power over him, right? He was able to rise from the dead. Whether that was actually him physically rising or some kind of spiritual manifestation of him, I'm not sure. But there is people, there's people out here I that... I personally think that he got to a level of consciousness where he could materialize and dematerialize. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I think that it may have been it may have been his physical body, but I feel like it's more of like a, a spiritual operation or him, like you said, materializing and dematerializing. But there is that concept which he teaches in the court in a course of miracles is that your physical body is not actually the part of you that's in control, right? It's like we we're living under this illusion that we are our physical body and that things can hurt us and that other people can hurt us. And that's the lie. That's the illusion. We have to realize that we literally are God consciousness. We are the source. Right. Like yeah. nothing could hurt us because also everything is us. Yeah. You hurt yourself through your own perception. Exactly. And, and your and your own delusions of what's happening for sure. Exactly. By separating me- yourself, you hurt yourself. Exactly. Yeah. For me, this really makes me think of just this issue that I've had, um, that I've had come up several times now where I even see this in my friends who I admire and and I adore and I think are spiritually, you know, literate and and spiritually evolved. But it's this, um, it's this issue that happens where you feel like, other people are harmful, you know, you're, you're separating yourself, like you said, right? And it gets to this point where it's almost like you, you put yourself in this bubble. What happens is you tell yourself, oh, I can't be around these toxic people. I can't be around these, you know, shitty people, uh, my family or my friends who just don't get me. And the spiritual ego develops, which we've talked about a little bit before, the spiritual ego develops where subconsciously, maybe not consciously, but subconsciously you think you're better than other people. And so you feel like you have to remove yourself, right? When in reality, even if we just look at like spiritual laws aside, when we just look at our relationships to other people... We can't live without other people. You need other people. There is no such thing as not needing other people. Everything that is around you, this pen that I have right here, this glass that I have, this mirror, I didn't build those things by myself. Those things someone else built and then I bought in a store that people work in, a store that people built. You know what I mean? It's like even putting spiritual laws aside, you need other people. And getting back into the spiritual side of it, there's a reason that you were born into the family that you were born into. There's a reason that you have the friends that you have in your life. And that reason is because you're meant to work through that to heal those relationships, to to be able to heal whatever is happening, whatever disconnections are happening, whether it is by healing that relationship or just healing your perception of it. That is the path that you have to take. You have to get through it instead of away from it. And this is what I see even with my, you know, I see this even with my friends who I have really deep, you know, spiritual conversations with. And there's this disconnect that happens where they're like, oh, well, you know, my family just doesn't get me or, you know, all these normies or whatever, like normie people, they just don't get it. And I'm guilty of it, too. I'm guilty of doing this, too. I'm guilty of being like, oh, these normies, like, they don't get me, (laughs) you know, and be like, oh, I need to I need to protect my energy, you know, when I go out, which which I totally understand. I 100% understand wanting to protect your energy and wanting to keep yourself elevated. But I think it's less about protecting your energy 
and more about that divine connection. It's more about maintaining your divine connection to God because then you don't feel like there's energy being pulled from you and you don't feel like you're absorbing negative energy. Because when you're connected to God, there's no way for that to happen. There's an infinite amount of energy for you to continue giving and for you to take in as much shit as possible because you're connected to God. God can resolve all things. So I think really the issue isn't, oh, am I protecting myself well enough? Am I removing myself? Am I, am I detaching enough? It's about am I creating that divine connection that I can meet people where they're at and I can appreciate and respect them for where they're at and say, hey, I get that this is what's going through, you know, this is what you're going through and this is your experience. And you can meet that with love and light, no matter how your ego is going to get triggered, right? Like, I'm not saying that you're not going to have any reactions. I'm not saying that, you know, again, we're talking about Christ level <laughs> consciousness, here, <laughs> right? Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that every time that, you know, your family member tells you, like, oh, that's kind of crazy or whatever, right? That you're not going to have a reaction. This is something that I've been working with my, cl with, with my clients, too, is kind of explaining this idea that your triggers and your reactions Yes, of course, we want to minimize them. And the goal is to eventually get rid of these same triggers. But when you're first starting to become aware of the fact that you have triggers and that you have this ego and that you have these, you know, these things to heal, your goal is not to completely avoid triggers and to push your reactions away. Because that is not a negative thing. That's not something that you can just completely eliminate. The way that I always explain to my clients is, you can't stop a dog from barking. You can train it to lessen it, but the dog is going to still bark if there is a threat. The same thing happens with your ego. Your ego is going to react when there is a threat. It's put into place to do that. But when we create that divine connection, you're not in your ego as much. It's exactly what you were saying, right? Like you're more in that God consciousness. You have more of that connection. So even if your ego has that reaction, you don't have to live in it. You don't live in that reaction. Instead, you observe it. So maybe instead of having that reaction be an external reaction, you feel it internally within yourself and you can observe it, right? So in that scenario, it's not that the reactions are gone and the triggers are gone. They're, they can still be there. It's just that it's it's been transmuted in the way that you relate to that trigger and to that reaction and how you view it. Yeah, definitely. One thing it's making me think of is the book I'm reading, Mary Magdalene Revealed. It's talking about the seven powers mentioned in Mary's gospel and their darkness, craving, ignorance, craving for death, enslavement to the physical body, which is kind of what we were just talking about, believing we're that you're... Last yeah. week. No, but literally <laughs> just now, I'm talking, I'm meaning like just now, like enslavement to the physical body. I know, body. we were just talking about it, but I'm saying it also came up this past week, so it's Oh, yeah, that's that. right, we have talked about it this week, okay. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about this last week? We literally, this was like one minute ago. Um, gluttony, no, sorry, I'm looking, I'm looking at the wrong one. Okay. The false peace of the flesh and the compulsion of rage. And I think that's something that is talked about. I don't know if it's in the Bible or who it, talks yeah. about it. It came up for me this week. I don't know. I think it might've been a biblical thing right. where they say that you can feel anger, but acting on the anger, that's where I guess the sin is, right? It's the compulsion yes. of anger. And so when you're looking at your triggers, seeing them as ways to grow, and it's all about your mindset, right? It's all about how you're thinking about things. This is actually something that my business coach ran me through a really impactful model this week, which is something that I teach with my clients, but she like put it in a way that I was like, oh, like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, I think I showed you, you edited my article for me and I had it in there. It's like, there's a circumstance, which the circumstance is always neutral. And mm -hmm. then your thought and your thought is what, determines whether the circumstance is positive or negative and then based on your thought you create an emotion based on that emotion you act so if you feel like anger or frustration or you know you're triggered in whatever way you're going to act in like this negative way and your result's going to be negative so that's how you're creating your own reality through your thoughts and so I think with your triggers your triggers are very much like they're a neutral circumstance it's your mindset it's your thought that's creating a response to it an emotional response that's going to determine your reaction to it so it's very much the key is in learning how to change your thoughts how to heal the where that trigger is coming from right the trauma that that trigger is coming from or even overriding it right you can either go th right straight to the source and like heal it or you can just override it through um 
inner child healing and through just limiting relief work. And so something else I'm thinking about with everything you're talking about is, again, Jesus as an example. Because if you look at that Christ consciousness and kind of, I feel like what we're working towards, right? I feel like, you know, Jesus is an amazing role model and like an amazing example of how we all would want to live our lives. Not for the sake of doing something that's expected of us but for the sake of like our own freedom and our own happiness like you literally do this it's salvation of yourself right it's not much to do with other people it's all about your own happiness and freedom but Jesus is a great role model and a great example to look at for kind of the truth you want to embody and like do you think that Jesus was sitting around some like negative people going oh you guys are killing my vibe like I need to remove myself from the situation like no like he was this like unlimited source of love like that's the point like you have this incredible gift once you're awakened to the truth you are a channel for this light and love to come in and to like affect and influence these other people and that doesn't mean having to force your opinion on people like you can't change people you can't force people to be somewhere on their healing path that they're not at but you can be a beacon of light. You can be just like this beautiful bright sun and your light and your love is going to influence people whether they're aware of it or not, whether they're consciously choosing to be healed by it or not. It's going to have an impact on them. And that's, it should never be your intention to want to change someone or to want to heal, heal someone because you have to radically accept everyone where they're at and acknowledge that there's a time and place for everything and they're exactly where they need to be on their journey. But just being that source of this, that beautiful brightness and love for them. And of course, there's there's a line with this, right? Because like we said, Jesus got hung on the cross and he was still very loving and forgiving. And I'm not saying that when somebody tries to physically hurt you or emotionally, mentally abuse you or like hang you on a cross that you should just be like, oh, well, I can't react because like I have right. to embody this pure, beautiful love and light. Like that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you have to kind of set that boundary for yourself. Like when is it something that you're not okay with and that you don't want to live with, right? Because I feel like you do find this a lot when you think about the family example and people are triggered by their parents. It's okay for you to remove yourself from that situation. Yeah. And then kind of from a distance heal it, right? Because sometimes it's hard yes. to it's hard to heal in the place that you got sick in or the place that's like constantly triggering you. It's possible, but it's not as easy. And so sometimes it is best for you to just remove yourself from the situation. But the key in that is are you doing this from a place of love or from a place of judgment and anger. So when you're exactly. coming from a place of love, you're saying that, hey, I love myself too much to allow myself to be hurt by you. And I love you too much to allow you to enable me to hurt, enable you to exactly. hurt me. And so that's why I'm removing myself from the situation so that I can get to a place where I can heal and I can look at you with nothing but love and light and still maintain, set and maintain my boundaries. Whereas the opposite of that, kind of that what we're doing with this idea of like, oh, I have to protect my energy is saying that what you're doing is wrong and where you're at is wrong and like you're bringing me down. So I'm going to just leave because I'm kind of like pissed off at you, right? I have to protect myself. Like it's not the same energy. One is like that energy of of unconditional love and radical acceptance and forgiveness. And the other one's the energy Mm -hmm. of I'm better than you and I'm judging you where you're at and you're not good for me. It's totally egoic and just with this belief in the illusion. Exactly. I think that that is definitely a thin line. I think it's definitely a thin line because a lot of people, and I think that this happens more to people when they first wake up and they're learning about all these different concepts. Prime example, my dad. Okay, so I was talking about this with my roommate earlier because I was kind of talking about it, the, this topic before I told, before I pitched it to him. We were like, yeah, let's do it. I was talking to him about it. And for one, my dad right now is going through his spiritual awakening and he is coming to me and wants to talk to me about things because he doesn't have anyone else that he can talk to about this. And it's really exciting for me. Uh, but it's interesting seeing the way that seeing the patterns that I, I, I can look back and see in myself and in the people around me that I've seen awaken where, where I've seen bits of people awakening. But with him, I'm really getting kind of like a firsthand experience because he's my dad. 
you know, and he wants to talk to me while he's going through this because he knows that I'm in this area and this is what I do for my career. So he called me yesterday or the day before, and he was just really excited to talk to me. And he was telling me, you know, I just called your aunt and uh, his sister. And he was just like, I just was talking to her and telling her all these things and telling her that she has to get her life together. And just like, and the whole time that he's talking, I'm just like nodding and smiling. And like, I love it for him because he's having all these realizations but I'm also recognizing how much he feels like he needs to push people. And it's this savior complex that happens where it's like, I have to save everyone from their miserable, awful ways of living their life. And again, that's coming from that space of judgment. Right. And I love him. I'm not, I'm not saying that what he's doing is wrong. Right. I think that it's not the best way to go about it. Cause he, he hasn't quite gotten to the point where he sees that right. you can't change other people. You have to accept other people for who they are and lead by example. But it's it's very much a prime example of what we're talking about. And I, <laughs> I was just kind of laughing about it earlier. But the other thing that it makes me think of what you were saying earlier about how, you know, you need to lead by example. The way that my dad got to this point, and I am, I 100% believe this, okay? I 100% believe that I manifested the way that my parents are now. I think that I manifested being in this timeline where my parents are spiritual and really get me. And the way that I did this was I need everyone to understand that my relationship with my parents was strained. I have a lot of childhood trauma, abandonment issues with my dad that I that I still have some things that I'm working through, you know, and I have, you know, just like trauma from being abused from from my mom and things like that. And I love both of them dearly. But when I was a teenager, that was me going through really the kind of processing everything that had happened and then taking on more and really going through through a lot of that emotional turmoil that I was going through of processing and just feeling like my dad doesn't love me because of the abandonment issues and then, you know, my, my mom like doesn't care about me because of the other issues. And so my relationship with my parents was really difficult. In fact, before I went to college, I had gotten my first job at a coffee shop and my mom, she, the, the, her emotional state was really bad at the time too. Cause we lived with my uh, ex stepdad and he was a really emotionally and, and verbally abusive person. And, you know, now, she, now my mom's had time processed and she actually thinks that they have soul contracts and they might be really close as souls and that's why they had such a difficult karmic relationship in this life. But that's something she came to, you know, afterwards. But at the time during that entire summer before I went to college, my relationship with my mom was hell. It was awful. And it was because I constantly felt like a burden because I didn't have a car. So she would have to drive me to my job. And every time we were in the car, every single day, she would, she would just, pour all of her hatred and all her resentment that that she was feeling just from her life situation and living with this manipulative awful verbally abusive person onto me and like translating it to into ways that she could put it onto me and it would be you know related to um college like it was always like you're you're it was always like you're too good for college and and you're too good for community college. Like, you don't need to go to community college. You need to go to a full, you know, you need to go to, like, an actual four-year college. And then the next day it would be, no, we can't afford to put you into a four-year college. And it was this really stressful state that I was in. So I'm painting this picture to get you to understand my relationship with my mom, right, where it was, where it has been in the past. Then we look at my dad. My dad never, ever calls me first. And that was has always been hurtful to me. Now I've, I've healed it and I'm okay with it. But when I was a teenager and transitioning into, you know, my, my early 20s, I'm still in my early 20s, but when I was kind of transitioning from like, you know, 18 to, to like 21, I felt very upset and, and hurt because I was always the one that was calling him first. You know, and to this day, he still never calls me first. Now he texts me, which is good. But then he never texts me. It was like, I would always have to put the effort into maintaining the relationship with him. And it felt really hurtful, right? But why did I do that? Why did I still choose to maintain that relationship with him? Despite the fact that I could easily just say, fuck you, you don't care about me. I'm not gonna, 
do anything. I'm not going to try and have a relationship with you. I could easily have done that because he gave me every opportunity to do that. My mom gave me every opportunity to do that. But when I, when it came down to it and I looked at what do I actually value? What are my values? What do I care about? How do I want to treat other people? How do I want other people to treat me? I want people to treat me with love, with appreciation, with respect and understanding. So it's, it's the golden rule, right? I said, okay, that's what I have to do for my parents. I have to love them and appreciate them and show them respect and do everything that I can in my power to show up for them in the way that I know that I want people to show up for me. So despite everything that was happening, I chose love. I could have easily chosen resentment and walked away, but I chose love. And I believed, I believed that my relationship with my parents can get better. And slowly over the years, I've been able to chip away at things and heal things to the point that my parents took notice. And I think they, they understand how, how shitty they've been, right? And, and they acknowledge their mistakes. I know my mom does for sure. My dad has, is, is getting there. He's already there. And they acknowledge it. And I think that them seeing me be the way that I was and, and choose love and compassion for them over resentment, which is what they were doing to each other for a long time, you know, and doing to other people, that got them thinking, hey, I think that I should do this too. Like, Lisa seems really happy. She seems like she's getting through things. She seems like she's doing the things that she wants to do in life. And them seeing me this way really started getting them curious about the things that I care about. And now we look at where I am with them. My mom loves Lois Hay. <laughs> she loves learning about limiting beliefs. She's healing, like she's she's reading, you know, she's got like three different versions of You Can Heal Your Body <laughs> by Lois Hay. <laughs> like she's got a workbook and she's got this, like stuff that I've gotten her over the years. And how, how did I get to that point, right? I was just authentically myself. I didn't push anything on them. I would just share with them like this, what I'm, this, what I'm working through. This is, I chose differently. I made new decisions based on the relationship that I wanted to have with them, not the relationship that I did have with them. And this is the key in changing your dynamic with people. It's making choices with that person based on the relationship you want with them and not the relationship that you have with them. So I knew that I wanted a loving relationship. I knew that I wanted to be understood by my parents. I knew that I wanted to be respected and understood for all of my wild beliefs that the general public doesn't accept. And so now there's that's where my mom is. My dad is into sound healing right now. He's doing yoga. He's doing astral projection. He's doing all these different... He's like into throat singing. And it's insane to me that I am in the space where just, you know, two days ago, I'm talking to my dad on the phone, and he's talking to me about all of these things that I have loved learning about and have been so into and have made my career into for, for the past few years. And seeing that blossom in him has been such a gift. I feel so blessed and so thankful to have that relationship with them. And I think that I 100% manifested that and put myself into a timeline where now my parents are awake. They believe in all the same crazy conspiracy shit that I believe in and, you know, believe in aliens and like all this other stuff, like down to those details. It's insane to me that, that it's gotten to this point, but it also goes to show that it's all about your perception. It's all about your mindset and you are in control of what direction you want things to go. If you want to have a shitty relationship and to continue to, to have this strained relationship with the people in your life and to feel this disconnect with them, then you can continue doing that. Or you can say, I'm going to choose love. No matter what the reaction I'm having, no matter how much my ego tells me, well, this is unfair. Why should I be showing up for them if they're not showing up? Why should I? Again, you're going to have those reactions, right? What we just talked about. You're going to have those reactions but it's your relationship to those reactions. Am I going to rationalize those reactions and say, okay, I'm going to act on those reactions and base all my decisions based on my reactions and my triggers? Or am I going to look at those reactions and see that that's not what I stand for? I don't stand for this fear and this resentment and all right. of these things. I stand for love and appreciation and respect, and that's what I'm going to choose in this. 
It's like be, being the change that you want to see in the world. And something I want to touch on too that I think is important with you talking about meeting your parents where you want to be met by them. And that goes for like that should impact your relationship with yourself as well as your relationship with them. So obviously meeting someone where you want them to meet you. I think I, I touched on this a little bit in an earlier episode where I said that your relationship with a partner or a family member or friend is not the relationship between you and that person. It's your relationship with yourself and their relationship with themselves. And so let's say that you want your family member to respect you more and love you more and acknowledge you and honor you. Then you need to not only love, respect, honor them, but you also need to love, respect, and honor yourself, which sometimes exactly. that does mean really removing yourself from that situation. So with you, for example, Absolutely. for you in that moment, the best thing to do was to remove yourself from the situation because you're okay. Like I, it's not loving and respectful to myself to be sitting here every single day, yelled at and verbally abused and made to be stressed out. And it's also not loving to my mom for me to judge her or see her as being this mean, evil person or resent her. So I'm going to, out of love for everybody in the situation, remove myself from the situation and just meet her with love and compassion and just keep that relationship strong, right? So you don't have to have a relationship with somebody who's abusive when that's not in your highest good. Like, that's not what this is about. I think Mm -hmm. it's very, very important for you to set boundaries. It's just, it's all about your intention in that and whether and like again you set the boundary for when a behavior is too toxic when you can't handle it right like that's going to be different and unique for every single person with me for example um you know I can kind of relate to what you're talking about with your dad recently awakening I don't think my dad's necessarily recently awakening but he's just more so opening up about spiritual stuff to me that he's never really talked about. So he used to be, he was raised in Catholicism. He used to be Catholic. And now we talk a little bit more about God. We talk about the law of attraction. Like he's been reading a lot of books on this stuff. And I don't know where he's at in that journey, really. We don't really talk about the details of that. And I say, I know that there's also a lot of stuff that I do that he's not necessarily aligned with, you know, like my psychic part of me, he's always kind of like skeptical of that. And maybe pokes fun at it a little bit, but that doesn't hurt me, right? Like, that's something that, like, he's not necessarily fully, I wouldn't say he's not honoring me where I'm at, but he's not necessarily, like, matching my vibration. Like, sometimes he, like, I call him and he kind of goes off on, like, his, he's angry about something or he's upset about something. And he, like, goes off into a spiel about something. And then it is, like, essentially negative energy, but... I know how to handle it, right? I know how to protect my own energy in the sense that I don't let it get to me. I don't have to remove myself. I don't have to hang up the phone on him. I just meet him. I just go, okay. Like, I don't engage with him, right? If he's just like talking shit about somebody, I'm not talking shit with him. I just go, oh, well, you know, I just do my compassionate thing, right? I just go, well, that person's probably like having a hard time. So, and oftentimes me just saying that is like helping him change his perspective and helping him change, like open up to that possibility. But it's like, I set my boundary there for myself. Like I'm, I love my dad unconditionally. I love him so much. I want to have a relationship with him. Like, I don't care if he doesn't meet me where I'm at. I don't care if he's mm-hmm. kind of negative or if he doesn't believe in the things that I believe in. Like I want to have a relationship with him and I love him and my relationship with him does not hurt me because I don't let it hurt me and I still meet him with unconditional love. I don't judge him. I don't sit here feeling like, oh, I'm going to call my dad. I protect myself from my, from his energy. I just, I call him and my heart's wide open. I just let all the love just pour out consistently and there's more than enough because I'm just connected to source. I'm connected to God. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's kind of a really good example of that. And then with what you're talking about with your parents awakening, I think this is happening for a lot of people. I think we're, we're in this period of time now. This great awakening is happening. And it has been happening for a really long time. But I feel like now it's like everybody's on the treadmill. It's like, very The acceleration yeah. is happening. And I'm noticing it in my dad. Like I said, I'm noticing it in my dad, who's never really talked about this stuff. And like he's like into law of attraction. He's talking about manifesting things. He's talking about God, about surrendering. And it's incredible to see. It's amazing to see. And I'm seeing in all these people around me, like my friend who's totally non-spiritual was like, Oh, I wrote down some affirmations the other day, which I'm like, which affirmations don't necessarily have to be spiritual by any means, but it's just opening up to that new way of thinking of healing yourself, of helping yourself Mm -hmm. grow and evolve. And so 
I'm seeing it all around me. And I think the best way for us to support people in that is to be the way shower and to be the source of light and love and, and lead by example again, because the reality is that when you try to force somebody to do something, it often creates resistance. So if you see somebody like your parents and they're not spiritual enough, quote unquote, and you're like, oh, like you're like, you need to change. Like, this is the reason you're unhappy. And like, you need to do this, this, and this. Their oh, ego is going to get dad. triggered. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But your ego is going to, their ego is going to get triggered. They're going to f- create resistance against that. Cause nobody, we all, we, none of us want to be told what to do. Right. We all want to just right. like do things our own way. We think we know best, which I think you do know best for your own life. Cause you're on your own path and you're at the perfect place on your own journey. But when somebody tries to preach to us, when somebody tries to correct us or like say what we're doing is wrong, it's just like human nature. We're very emotional creatures. Our ego creates this reaction of like resistance and of not wanting it. And I see this example in my parents. Cause like, I don't know. I feel like I, maybe I can't really speak on this all the way, but my mom's really, really spiritual. And then my dad for a long time wasn't really at all, not in the same way at least. And my dad does not talk to my mom about spirituality at all. Like, that's, like, the one thing that they don't really talk about. Which, like, their marriage is fine otherwise, but that's just, like, something they don't touch on. And then my dad does talk to me about it, which I feel like my dad's kind of created, subconsciously created that resistance with her, where because of their own problems in their relationships, their own trauma, and maybe her trying to correct him at times or be like oh you should be doing this differently you're not doing this right I don't know I feel like I can't really fully speak on that because I don't want to put words in my mom's mouth but I feel like that's kind of created that resistance where he doesn't even want to like have that conversation with her he does it's almost like the ego is like oh like I don't want to admit that I'm like going down this path now or or like align myself with you because I think what you're doing is crazy or weird or extreme which I feel like when we try to force our way on people people are going to be resisted. Like, even if they do come around to seeing that reality, their ego is going to be like, well, I don't want to admit to her that she was right. So I'm not even going to like, I'm just going to pretend that when I'm with this person, that that's not really what I believe in. And I still think they're crazy because I can't admit that I was wrong. Cause people, that's what it is. People don't want to admit that they were wrong. And so you're really doing more harm than good in trying to force people to change. Yeah. For sure. And I want to just clarify to people that when we talk about people in our lives, when we talk about, you know, we refer to Jesus a lot and things like that, we're really just pulling from our own personal experience. And obviously we have respect and love for all religions. We don't, you know, we're we're not like talking about our family to be like, oh, I'm going to talk trash about them. That's just our personal experience, you know. So I just want everyone to understand that it's not that we're saying, oh, you know, looking at Jesus and following him, like that's the only way. We're just saying that that's been what we resonate with and that's our experience. So I just want people to understand that, you know, we're just speaking right. from our experience and for you, you'll have your own um, Definitely. version so, I mean, it's a, it's a culture we grew up in, right? Like we yeah. grew up in yeah, like a Christian sure. culture and that's what we're yeah. familiar with. And that's what mm-hmm. I can, like you said, draw on from my own experience. Like mm-hmm. I, but I've read books about yeah. um, more like like the Hindu traditions, yeah. like more yeah, Eastern yeah. So religious. I also wanted to touch on... Um, I wanted to touch on the light worker aspect of this, you know, the topic that we're talking about and kind of talk about what people can do instead of, you know, we've talked a lot about, okay, this is, this is what we don't want to be doing. We want to talk a little bit about like what you should be doing. And I think that intrinsically it's important to remember that you waking up early, you waking up before other people that has a meaning. All of these things have meaning. There's a reason that you woke up before everyone around you. There's a reason that you went through this kind of black sheep journey, right? Whatever you want to call that. Maybe it's the healer archetype or whatever, right? Going through that journey. There's a reason that you went through that. And your job, whether you like it or not, is to lead by example. That is what being a light worker is. That's what being a way shower is. That is your path. Your path is to to lead by example and to show other people what's possible. So that means that you have to get comfortable with being a leader on whatever capacity it is that you have to do that. Maybe it's just in your family. Maybe you make it your career that you're going to lead people and show them this way of, of being. But the important thing is that you 
recognize your own worth recognize that if you're someone who is awake right now, which I feel like most of us are going through this, we've been awake for maybe you just woke up this year or you woke up 10 years ago, whatever it is, whenever you had your spiritual awakening, if you experienced that separately from other people, maybe you were the first one to go through it or, you know, it happened to you after, after someone else triggered it for you, like one person in your life triggered it for you and then no one else had the experience and you had to go through this kind of black sheep experience. I think that it's really important to recognize that's part of your path. You are a light worker. You're meant to show people this way of living and to lead by example. And that starts with knowing your worth. Like I said, you need to understand your worth. You need to understand that the information you have to share, that all of everything that you're going through this is helping you to show up for people when they wake up. And I see this with my dad because my dad's really in the in the depth of his awakening right now and the very just the beginning, right? Like he's going over the hump or he's kind of on the roller coaster, right? Like kind of up just like thuk, 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 like he's coming up. Mm-hmm. And you have this beautiful opportunity to show up for people in ways that you wish someone had shown up for you when you were going through this. So I think so many of us go through this pain and go through this hurt and this, and and just this feeling of being an outcast and even feeling like you're going crazy, like literally feeling like you're going insane, you know? And recognizing the power that you have with all this knowledge through those experiences to be able to help someone, that is so beautiful. And that's part of your path. That's part of your path as a light worker, as a way shower. If you're awake right now and no one else around you is awake, welcome to the party. Like, this is your journey. <laughs> you know, it may not be your career path. It may not be, um, you know, exactly what, like, your purpose in life. But it's part of why you're here. It's part of why you're going through this experience because you're meant to lead by example and to inspire at least one person to wake up. Definitely. And, and just to be clear on that, too, it's not coming from this place. Like when you talk about leadership, it's not coming from a place of power or feeling like you're better than other people or somebody else is below you. It's coming from a place of being so awake to the truth that there is you literally cannot even deny it anymore. Like there's no other way of being or living. You just and like the truth is so pure that it's going to inspire people regardless of anything, right? You're just going to be living this truth in such an intentional, loving way that even whether you're intending to lead or not, you're going to be leading by example because people are going to be inspired by you. And that really like um, brings me back to a video I watched last year. And it was this of this woman. I know she obviously had good intention and she was helping light workers work through their own blocks, working through their own fear of expressing themselves due to past life trauma. And everything she said resonated really, really deeply. But at the end, she said that we're here to help lead or guide the sheeple. And that really mm-hmm. like struck a nerve with me and left a bad taste in my mouth. Cause I was like, for you to refer to somebody as sheeple is so degrading and so like egoic and putting yourself above them, like thinking you're somehow better than these people. And these people are just mm-hmm. sheep. And I'm, Oh, I'm this like transcendent light worker from the fourth or fifth dimension. And I'm just coming down to the 3d to help these, just these Grace dumb people. With yeah, light. exactly. To help, to help these dumb, <laughs> ignorant people evolve. Like that's so egoic. Imagine Jesus doing that. I know it's insane. And then like, I think it's crazy, but people really, really feel that way. And that's part of their journey. Right. So like, I'm going to love her regardless and just like accept her the way right. she is. And I understand that maybe that's a lesson she needs to learn. And she, right. and you know, maybe she has learned it by now. I don't know, but it's just, it's very important to understand that there's, there's a fine line there, right? When you think of yourself as a leader, it's easy to step into that egoic thing. And I've had a very definite clear experiences with this because I think we talked about this a few episodes ago, talking about our own spiritual journey or our own spiritual being on our, our authentic self. I very much have resonated and still to a certain extent do resonate with that leadership role and that being a teacher and being a way shower. Kind of the savior, yeah. Exactly. Like and the I, savior I, archetype. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that like people who maybe don't know me or don't know what I do 
will I maybe like I'll message them on Instagram or I'll say something or comment on something and then they're like oh like oh like inner child healing like I can help you with that like I am like the the person for inner child healing like ask me any questions like I can talk to you about like healing your chakras like balancing your chakras and mm-hmm. I'm so triggered because I'm like bitch like don't you know who I am like this is all that I do like I you know what I mean it's just like that ego that's like I'm so all day I live in this bubble of like, oh, I'm just like teaching people and I'm coaching and I'm a healer and I'm helping people. And then somebody else is like trying to teach me something. And I'm like, oh, like you think I need your help? Like you think I need to be taught by you? Right. But that's How very much, <laughs> it's, it's, I feel like it's God putting my ego in check. It's very good. And it was very confrontational yes. for me for in a good way. Right. So that happened. I got triggered kind of what we're talking about in the beginning. And instead of being like upset I just was like oh wow like this is really really mirroring something inside of me and I really need to like I need to heal this right I need to like deal with this part of myself and then I realized it was what my self-worth was based off I was basing my self-worth on what I was presenting myself as first it was um like I mean there's been through many phases when I was at Starbucks it was like as a supervisor it was like, oh, I'm a supervisor, and I'm like, I'm the boss, and I'm in control. That was what my self-worth was based off of. Then going into this, it's like, oh, well, I'm a life coach, and I'm a spiritual mentor, and I'm a healer, and like that's what my self-worth is based off of. So really, for me, it was this, this issue of finding my self-worth outside of that, and finding that in God, and in my self-realization and God-realization. So it's something we're all working on. Again, it's not if you're kind of in your ego with like being a leader – you know, like me too. Same. Like, <laughs> I totally. We resonate. We get it. But it's just important to to have that intention and to have that self awareness. I guess is the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah, I think I I really love what you said about living in that truth and being that pure light because that makes me think of again we're talking about triggers, right? And how like you can't completely eliminate the triggers; they're still going to happen sometimes. Uh, but. It's about seeing the trigger and choosing the truth over the illusion every time, choosing the truth, choosing the truth of love. And sometimes we lose our awareness because we get caught up in our ego, but returning to it, right? Returning to the truth, even if you've lost yourself and you've made a mistake, returning to it as the moment that you recognize, oh, I've, I've strayed away from the truth. Yeah. And making right what you did wrong, right? And I think that's where people that's where people get wrong or, or people go wrong is that they, you know, they they stay, like you said, with, with your dad, right? It's like they stay, I'm not saying that that's what he did, but we were just using that as an example about how people don't want to admit that even if they've seen that truth, they don't want to admit it to the other person because they don't want to be wrong, right? And then people go further into this illusion and into their ego because an aspect of them has this resistance to that love, and that humility that comes with love because mm-hmm. love is a, is a humble thing. It, it really is. It's not something that, you know, you, you scream from the top of the, from the top of the mountains. And it's, it's a very quiet experience as well. We've talked about with, you know, being with God, living with God. That's a very quiet experience. Jesus was not a very, you know, in a, in a way he was a meek person. He wasn't very like, he didn't boast and he wasn't, you know, prideful. Definitely. Like, Honestly, this is immediately like something you were talking about before we started recording. You were talking about mother earth, how she, that's like, I feel like an ultimate representation of love because we're her, her children and she gives to us so abundantly nonstop. She keeps giving and giving and giving. She gives us food. She gives us these beautiful trees, this beautiful landscape flowers. It's like, she's literally giving to us nonstop and we keep taking from her and destroying her. And like, she doesn't, she's not like, Oh, recognize me. Like you better be appreciative of what I do for you. She's not out here. She's like, regardless of the fact that we're destroying her, she still keeps giving to us with the same unconditional love and like acceptance of who we are and where we're at in our journey as humanity. And so that's that perfect example of she's so, she's just pure love, right? It's just so humble she doesn't care. Like you can spit ground, set her on fire, do whatever. The fire's part of her too. So she just, it's like, she's still happy regardless, right? She's just living in this, this Chill. beautiful, peaceful place where she's like, la da da. You know, it's, it's all good, right? It's all good, good yeah. in Mother Earth's world. And that's like, um, I feel like I'm going to sound crazy to some people, but that's okay. Um, I was telling you, I recently had the experience. I was meditating and I connected to this tree that I was outside of the building I was meditating in. I love this story. And I like, 
I was just kind of like connecting to the tree. I was sending the tree some Reiki and then I was just receiving from the tree. And like for a moment, like the tree started talking to me and not like, it wasn't like putting words, you know what I mean? I wasn't like hearing the tree talk. It was almost like I became the tree for a moment. And like, I felt so overwhelmed. Just this pure like joy and bliss and love just being. Like literally just existing. I was like, wow, like what it would be like to be a tree. <laughs> like, y'all, it's like, y'all live like this all the time? This is the life. You know, it was like the sun was shining. I was like, this tree, like, I was just so overwhelmed with just joy and gratitude yeah. and just pure presence. It was like, this tree is literally so, it's just so content and so happy just existing, just standing there, unmoving in the wind, in the sun, just part of, of mother nature and it was such a big lesson for me. And then I was like, I felt that connection so strongly because I was in the, I was at the gym and I walked out of the gym and I was like, well, I was in the car with um, Theo, my fiance. And I was like, looking around, I was like, babe, look how happy all these trees are. Like, they're really like, I was like trying to, I was like, I just had a conversation with this tree and he's like, okay, uh-huh. Cause you know, he's spiritual and like, he loves everything that I talk about and he totally supports me, but he's on his own, his, his own path. So he's on his own path. You know what I mean? So like, he's not talking to trees, but he's right. definitely supporting me talking potential. to trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Well, I think that um, that's a really good note to end the podcast on. Let's kind of recap everything that we shared, so that way, because I know we talked a lot about a lot of things, and I think this will be nice for us to do in the future to just kind of recap like things that people can take from the episode. So, one thing we talked about is just being careful with protecting your energy versus secluding yourself from people and just judging people. We talked about, you know, having that humility of love, being in that love, choosing that truth and love over anything else. And being the change that you wish to see in the world. So just leading by loving example and just, yeah, embodying everything you want to see and meeting people where you want them to meet you and meeting people where you, I'm meeting yourself where you want people to meet you. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your Sunday. Thank you for tuning in with us today. You can follow us on social media. Um, my Instagram is Gray, or my website is www.lagamichellegray.com. Yes. And you can also follow me on Instagram and follow and ask any follow-up questions that you have at Lisa Dovegish. And you can also check out my website, lisadovegish.com. And we have all that linked down below for you guys. I don't know why, why I was so extra to put the www in there. I was like tripping up over it. <laughs> she said www. Get it right, okay? Dot com. That's how you know I'm from the, the old internet days. <laughs> WWW. Yeah, I feel like I'm old. I'm 24. I'm ancient. Okay. <laughs> okay, guys. Okay, we're going to leave you there. Guys. Have a beautiful Sunday. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>